Hey everybody, this is Diane. And this is Kate. And welcome to ArtWise. Alright, so today, uh, today's episode is going to be about the art of creepy stop-motion movies. Ooh. Yeah. I love animation. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to, like, specifically talk about stop-motion movies because I feel like a lot of stop-motion films are like creepy halloween related and since it's october i thought it would be a fantastic time to sort of stop and talk about that so that's why yeah. i chose to specifically talk about stop motion and we also haven't really talked about any animation yet we've talked about you know a lot of art history stuff and a lot mm-hmm. of um you know traditional art related we did like a photography episode recently but we haven't really talked about animation and this is my all-time favorite like branch type of animation so I thought it would be fun to talk about (laughs) yes I, I freaking love stop motion and I feel like stop motion really lends itself to being kind of creepy like it it just kind of works Halloween with Halloween settings and characters. And I just, I love stop motion so much. So I'm glad that we're talking about this. Yeah. So um, for anybody who doesn't know, um, a lot of stop motion films, um, especially the earlier ones are claymation. Um, So claymation is actually a method of animation where clay figures are filmed using stop motion photography, which is an animated filmmaking technique where objects um, like such as clay objects and claymation and, you know, et cetera, yeah. are, are physically manipulated in between frames so that they will appear to have independent motion when played back all together. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Animation itself is just super cool just each frame is a different like the amount of work that that goes into this it's crazy yeah so when I was a kid I actually wanted to be a stop-motion animator um I still would absolutely love to do that I think that would be (laughs) that would be so much fun I know I mean if you are not familiar with stop-motion animation um you can probably tell from the definition of stop-motion animation that it takes a long time and a lot of patience. <laughs> um, so if you've never like made any, just think like. I was just going to say, I, I used to make little stop motion animation videos when I was a kid. And I would use silly bands. <laughs> Isn't that the most 2000 things you've ever heard? But Oh my gosh. I used silly yeah. bands. I'd made a bunch of like little stop motion animation videos. And it's just like moving a thing each frame just a teeny bit so that it looks like it's moving when you put all the pictures together yeah it's a lot like uh regular animation or like even like flip book animation where like in your the corner of your notebook when you were a kid like Mm -hmm. you would just draw a little stick person doing a cartwheel in the corner if you flipped through it really fast it's the (laughs) same with like sort of like that concept of animation only like using uh, kind of like use, utilize, u, 
utilizing utilizing like <laughs> photography by like moving an individual ob- object taking a picture moving it a little bit more taking another picture moving it a little bit more taking a picture mm-hmm. um i remember when i was a kid um my mom signed me up for like this free class at the library and it was these college students and they came in and it was this stop motion animation class and me and my brother did it and we would bring in like our little action figures and we would spend like one day building a little set and another day like designing you know stories and then like we would take like the last three days of that week and we would just take pictures and then at the very end um we would like they would help us edit all the pictures together into an animation. That sounds really cool. Yeah, and then we'd play it. And I think I had the most frames of anyone. My stop motion <laughs> was like almost, it was like 30 seconds long, which like if you've done stop motion, 30 seconds is like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of work. Like you could probably spend like, if if your job was to be a stop motion animator, you could probably spend like, an entire day yeah and and have 30 seconds worth of of animation um and yeah and even in my photography class too in high school we had an assignment where we had to make one and i wanted to incorporate like uh like regular animation into mine so i drew parts of it and that was a mistake oh it took so long (laughs) Um, yeah i had this like action figure little like figurine dinosaur and like I drew him and then I drew him like drawing himself out of the drawing into real life and then drawing himself (laughs) back into the yeah it was weird (laughs) and it didn't come out good at all but it was the only idea I had and it was due like the next day so that's just what I did (laughs) but yeah I pretty much did the entire thing at home because I felt like I couldn't think of a good enough idea you know art block artist stuff whatnot oh yeah (laughs) So do you have any favorite stop motion animation movies, Kate? Oh, we get we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Okay, good. <laughs> Definitely. I actually picked my favorites. Uh there is a lot of uh creepy stop motion films out there. I'm sure like mm-hmm. you can think of some off the top of your head. But uh I picked um uh, my top four to get Ooh. into in detail. So those are the cool. ones we'll talk about today. Um But yeah, so some, if not most, of all of the most popular Halloween movies or just like creepy movies in general are stop motion animation films, which I think that's really interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you think uh, that there's a reason for that? Before I get into like specific examples, do you think that there's a reason that stop motion is is utilized so much in like creepy like films? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said earlier, like the the art really lends itself to to looking creepy between the movements and the material. It's just like it, it lends itself well to like, giving a creepy vibe, I think. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. It it kind of, um, the way that that stop motion animation looks when it's like sewn together kind of lends itself to a very like creepy doll-esque kind of feel. Yeah, Yeah, doll. Um, That's what I was looking for. It's very doll-like. 
Yeah, which is perfect because um, the figures that are in stop motion animation are referred to as puppets, um, and we'll we'll get mm-hmm. into that as well. Uh, cool. But some some examples of some creepy stop motion um, films are, of course, The Nightmare Before Christmas from oh, 19, yeah. 1993. Uh, it's that old? Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, ooh, uh, but yeah, that was like. Pretty much the first like feature length stop motion animation film to really be like a a big deal. Disney yeah. produced it, um, but yeah, again, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> Coraline from two thousand nine. Yes. I love Coraline. I think that one might be my favorite. <laughs> Coraline's my favorite as well. Yes, I love Coraline. <laughs> I see you have good taste. <laughs> I do I think I do? <laughs> The Corpse Bride from 2005. Yeah. <laughs> I love The Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. I have so many memories of like watching it at sleepovers when I was a little kid. Yeah. And like, oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> Paranorman from 2012. That's a good one. I need to rewatch that one. I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> I remember watching that in theaters when I was a kid and just being like, this is cinema. This is it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then we have Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were Rabbit from 2005. Always love them. Love Wallace and Gromit. Yes. A part of my childhood, a big part. <laughs> yes, I grew I grew up on Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit Me too. were were it. They were it. They were the move. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, they were the thing. Yes. Frankenweenie <laughs> from 2012. That one is good. I need to watch that one again too. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one actually. <laughs> oh really? It's yeah. it's not bad. You should watch it. <laughs> okay, I'll watch it. I I was not ever like opposed to watching it. I just uh, I just, yeah, it's just never. It doesn't really. You don't really think of it when you think of stop motion animation Halloween movies. It doesn't really come to mind. It's not one of the most popular ones for sure, but I do yeah. remember it coming out and I remember being like, that looks really cool. And then I just, I don't know, I just never, you know, you, you see like yeah. trailers for things all the time mm-hmm. and you're like, I got to see that. And then 10 years later, <laughs> someone brings it up and you're like, oh, I never watched that. Oh, man. Uh, I feel you. <laughs> oh, there's, there's also James and the Giant Peach, 1996. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good. Box Trolls. I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen the box trolls? You need to no. watch it. You would okay, really well. like it. <laughs> yeah, you. I think you'd really like it. I liked box trolls. It was cool. Uh, cool. And there's also a not a feature length film, but a short film called Vincent from 1982. Oh, I don't think I've heard of that. Yeah. So, um, again, not all of those were like halloween themed specifically but uh definitely creepy uh honorable Mm -hmm. mentions that were you know stop motion films i would just like to add to that list um i'm a big wes anderson fan so any like stop motion wes anderson movies are so good fantastic mr fox is really good um oh yeah they're not Christmas or they're not Halloweeny, but they're they're still really good. Fantastic Mr. Fox is like fall vibes, so figured I'd add that to the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
And like I said, uh, this is just uh, meant to be like a, a creepy stop motion, like episode for Halloween. But if mm-hmm. anybody wants us to do an episode on some of the other um, stop motion films that are not Halloween or creepy themed, uh, yeah. please let us know because there are a ton of great ones that I felt didn't really fit the episode, but I would love to mm-hmm. include in another one if people were Me interested. Too. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, not all of these are Halloween themes, but you know, they're all creepy and I thought they all, you know, kind of fit. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, a majority of all of the animated Halloween movies that come to mind for me, uh, are, you know, just, um, not just like the animated ones, um, but a lot of them use claymation, Uh, And Mm -hmm. not just, like, you know, your standard computer animation or, like, you know, the cartoon animated ones. A lot of the best ones are, um, you know, claymation, stop motion animation. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of... um, When I think of claymation, I I think of uh, Christmas movies. I don't know why. I think... Like oh yeah, Rudolph of, like, the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I think of. But <laughs> yeah, I always think of Halloween because I think of the first movie that comes to mind for me personally is The Nightmare Before Christmas. When I think of claymation, mm-hmm. um, I think that that movie just broke the mold for a lot of yeah. different reasons. Um, and you know, I think it was like so smart. Um, to utilize the uh, the stop motion animation style in Halloween movies. And I think that is like a big reason as to why they, you know, are, are so often like used for creepy movies because yeah. somebody thought this animation would lend itself really well to be in a movie that is not only for children, but it's it's creepy and it's fun for uh adults to watch as well i just think it's really smart of them and i think that for that reason the nightmare before christmas just broke that mold for sure but yeah so i also think that the um handmade feel of clay and like the handmade feel of um you know any sort of stop motion film even if it's not using clay uh Mm -hmm. i get the sense that even if they're not handmade um they tend to look handmade and i think that definitely like adds to the creepy vibe as well yeah like the texture it looks physical so it's yeah it's like a moving doll yeah 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 exactly um i just i just thought that was something to bring up because yeah. You know, I do think definitely um, that's another reason why I wanted to record this episode so badly, too, is because, I don't know, you know, it just, like, lends itself so well to yeah. being, like, for Halloween, like, the, the style of, of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, it just works really well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um how do you think that um, the stop motion films compared to computer animated 
uh, Halloween films like Monster House from 2006, Hotel Transylvania, oh, Igor, The Addams Family from 2019, the newer one. I haven't seen that one yet, but I really would like to. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you think it it compares? Do you think that like there's like a winner here? Like h- how do you feel? I want to know your um, thoughts on that. You know, while I really do love Monster House, uh, I really think stop motion is is better than the <laughs> animated things. I just agree. because it's so it feels so real and there's so much detail and like thought that go not that there isn't thought that gets put into 3D animated films, but the just the I I can't even describe the It's a different vibe. It's a whole different Yeah. yeah. It's it's handcrafted and you you know each each doll each piece is moved with a hand you like you can see it in the film and you can feel it through the film. I don't know, does that even make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. So, I think that like even like going back to traditional animation as well, like it there is a completely different feel to computer animated stuff and while like mm-hmm. i do think that computer animation has come such a long way and it is very cool and yeah. it's definitely more efficient um there is like so much more like like how do i describe it's hard to describe without know, coming off to... as like yeah yeah, without, you know, coming off as like, I hate computer animation, because I don't, I think it's an awesome thing. But you can just, it, it's, it just feels like when you're watching it, that like more love and like care went yeah. into um, stop motion animation. And I, I think that also ties into traditional animation with, you know, like, mm-hmm. The, the actual like cell animation where they will like literally draw like every character, every single frame like over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Um, I think it ties into that as well. Uh, just because like watching it and knowing how much work and time went into it, like as an artist, I just think that's something that's really, yeah. yeah like it's just, you can tell while watching it, even if you don't have a background of animation, I think that like, that's just something, especially artists have like mm-hmm. just kind of an eye for and I think that's why I tend to prefer them even though I love yeah. Monster House Monster House was <laughs> so good <laughs> Hotel Transylvania too Hotel Transylvania is one of my favorite movies it has like that's a good one a great plot <laughs> um, but yeah uh why don't we go ahead and get into the specific uh films sweet Okay, so the very first one that we're going to talk about is not um, a feature-length film, Uh, so I'm just going to start from the beginning. Uh, We're going to talk about Vincent from 1982. All right. So um, like I said, unlike the other films that that we've talked about earlier, Vincent actually isn't a feature-length film. Uh, and the entire duration of this film is a whopping six minutes long. Dang. Yeah. So, um, again, that probably still took forever. But that being oh, said, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send you a link to this film. Uh, okay. And I'm even I'm going to insert a, a, like a little clip of um, just the narration of the film so that everyone listening can get a, get a vibe for it. Vincent Malloy is seven years old. He's always polite and does what he's told. 
For a boy his age, he's considerate and nice. But he wants to be just like Vincent Price. Vincent is nice when his aunt comes to see him, but imagines dipping her in wax for his wax museum. He likes to experiment on his dog, Abercrombie, in the hopes of creating a horrible zombie. So he and his horrible zombie dog could go searching for victims in the London fog. His thoughts, though, aren't only of ghoulish crime. He likes to paint and read to pass some of the time. While other kids read books like Go, Jane, Go, Vincent's favorite author is Edgar Allan Poe. One night, while reading a gruesome tale, he read a passage that made him turn pale. Such horrible news he could not survive, for his beautiful wife had been buried alive. He dug out her grave to make sure she was dead, unaware that her grave was his mother's flower bed. His mother sent Vincent off to his room. He knew he'd been banished to the Tower of Doom, where he was sentenced to spend the rest of his life alone with the portrait of his beautiful wife. While alone and insane, encased in his tomb, Vincent's mother burst suddenly into the room. She said, if you want to, you can go out and play. It's sunny outside and a beautiful day. Vincent tried to talk, but he just couldn't speak. The years of isolation had made him quite weak. So he took out some paper and scrawled with a pen, I am possessed by this house and can never leave it again. His mother said, you're not possessed and you're not almost dead. These games that you play are all in your head. You're not Vincent Price, you're Vincent Malloy. You're not tormented or insane, you're just a young boy. You're seven years old and you are my son. I want you to get outside and have some real fun. Her anger now spent, she walked out through the hall. And while Vincent backed slowly against the wall, the room started to sway, to shiver and creak. His horrid insanity had reached its peak. He saw Abercrombie, his zombie slave, and heard his wife call from beyond the grave. She spoke from her coffin and made ghoulish demands, while through cracking walls reached skeleton hands. Every horror in his life that had crept through his dreams swept his mad laughter to terrified screams. To escape the madness, he reached for the door, but fell limp and lifeless down on the floor. His voice was soft and very slow as he quoted the raven from Edgar Allan Poe. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. That was really good. Dang. Yeah. So that is one of the very first, like, for one, <laughs> uh, actually, before we get into that, uh, what, what did you think? I love that. I it was only six minutes long, but it felt like I watched a whole movie. Strangely, I love I love creepy things. I love true crime. I love horror, um, and that was just very creepy, and I loved it. 
Yeah, I think it had a great plot and the narration was amazing. It did such a good mm-hmm. job of telling the story. Um, so uh, for anybody who doesn't want to go and, and watch this, um, basically, uh, like you can tell from the excerpt that I inserted, uh, you know, there's a little boy named Vincent, but he thinks that he is this like evil genius, but he's not he's just <laughs> a young boy. Uh, but mm-hmm. he thinks about doing all of these evil things like turning his dog into a zombie and dipping his aunt in wax for his wax museum <laughs> and all these different things. And towards the end, his mom is like, nah, you just a kid. Go outside and play. <laughs> and he's like, no, I could die. And so he dies oh and he quotes God. Edgar Allan Poe. And yeah, and <laughs> that's basically the, <laughs> that's basically the film. But it's it's really well done it's really great tim burton did a great job um yeah for sure yeah that was good (laughs) yeah i didn't know has okay i know tim burton does a lot of stop motion animation stuff what else has he done because i know he's done a lot of live action stuff yes i just i like his work a lot (laughs) so he has a specific style um, mm-hmm. so actually, um, Tim Burton has not done like a lot of stop motion. A majority of his films are live action, uh, with the exception of The Corpse Bride, Frankenweenie, and, and the film Vincent. Okay. So only a few. Yeah, he did oh, have really a good. <laughs> Yeah, he he did have a big role in the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas, but he didn't actually direct it, and he wasn't there when the movie was produced. Uh, He did help write the story and come up with the characters, and it was his idea, but he wasn't actually the director. So he did play a big role in The Nightmare Before Christmas, but he wasn't the director. Uh, The director was Henry Sillick, I believe. For, For which movie? Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, I don't know. I know Selick did Coraline, but I'm not yeah. sure what else he's done. Yeah, he did The Nightmare Before Christmas. He directed. Oh, okay. Um, he directed The Nightmare Before Christmas, and Tim Burton produced and wrote the story and came up with the characters. But uh, the film was actually directed by Henry Selick, and uh, yeah. But I mean, he he played a big role. He just oh, he yeah. didn't direct it. Um, but he did direct uh, The Corpse Bride, Frank and Weenie, uh, Vincent. Uh, but I think those are the main three. Uh, some of the other movies yeah. that he's done that are live action are uh, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, which is based off of the book. Uh, Alice mm-hmm. in Wonderland, also based off of the book. He did Dumbo. I didn't know that. The live action Dumbo <laughs> that just came out in the in recent oh, years. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that he did that. Um, Edward Scissorhands. Yes. A favorite. Beetlejuice, yeah. another favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh Big Eyes. I didn't know he directed Big Eyes. I think we oh, should do a thing. Yeah, I think we should do an episode talking about her. She's a very Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um Sweeney Todd, another favorite. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done a lot of that sort of thing. His movies all have very very similar vibe. So I'm always shocked when I find out that he directed something and I was like, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like normally I know, but yeah, so I guess not. Sometimes it's like a shock or whatever, <laughs> but most of them have that that creepy, like, Tim Burton vibe. 
Yeah. Some directors you just you just know when it's their movie. Yeah, he's one of them for sure. Normally. Mm-hmm. Um but this was actually um so going back to talking about um the short film Vincent that we just looked at again. Um this was actually the second like horror film. It was not really like horror, but it was definitely creepy. It's the second yeah. like scary film produced by Walt Disney Productions. Um even though it was just a short film. Uh, and Interesting. Not, yeah, yeah. Isn't that weird? Super weird. I mean, this like this was in the 80s, so this was quite a while ago, but this is only the second one that Walt, Walt Disney Films produced, probably because they have, you know, they, they target towards children, so I totally yeah. kind of understand that. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, I still liked creepy stuff, so shame on <laughs> once again. Heck, mm-hmm. Disney. Um, but... Not not only did uh, Vincent pave the way for like other um, sort of like claymation and stop motion animation horror films that came later, like The Nightmare Before Christmas, um, but mm-hmm. it's also noted as the very root of Tim Burton's career as a director. Oh, yeah. yeah. So this short film did really well, um, and you know it is considered as his root. It was when he was still working with Disney, which. Um, I mean, he still works with Disney sometimes, like, you know, the Alice in Wonderland movie and mm-hmm. among some, you know, Dumbo and, you know, yeah. among some other things. Um, but he kind of, like, go- went back and forth working with Disney, but this is, like, one of his, you know, very first things that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was interesting to talk about as sort of the beginning of the sort of, like, creepy stop motion film genre i thought it was like a good a good route and a good starting point so that's why i wanted to bring that one up first yeah especially with like main the mainstream because i don't think it was as popular back in the day i know they used stop motion for um they used stop motion for some movies like back in the 50s and 60s for but they were only for live action i'm trying to think of uh, what is the the uh, the big hairy guy in like classic film that like takes the lady and goes to the Empire State Building? Hong Kong or Hong not Hong Kong? Kong. No, King not Hong Kong. Kong. That's King, King Kong. Hong Kong yeah. is a friggin' city. Jesus, uh, <laughs> King Kong. Yeah. Thank you for helping me. Between us, we have one brain cell. <laughs> um. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm thinking of like <laughs> King Kong, they use stop motion like on a little tiny scale and then they put it oh. in. You remember that? I, I didn't know that. Lot. I didn't I didn't know yeah. that was stop motion. That's really cool. Yeah, that's a, I don't know why that came to mind. I just felt the need to t- talk about that. No, you're fine. <laughs> All right. So the next one to come after Vincent. <laughs> is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, That movie came out in 1993. And uh, Tim Burton, like I said, came up with the story and the characters and all that fun stuff. And uh, he produced the film. He was the producer, um, but he did not direct. Um, But yeah, he actually came up with the idea for The Nightmare Before Christmas. And it was always kind of in the back of his mind after he made uh, the short film Vincent. And uh, Disney actually got the rights 
to Nightmare Before Christmas and they were going to make it, but then some stuff happened. And so they didn't make it for a while, but then they finally made it and it came out in the early 90s. Uh, but nice. Tim Burton, yeah, he, he was working on some other stuff. So he produced uh, and wrote the story and he helped out, but the film was actually directed by uh, Henry Selick. So, um, okay. yeah. Uh, but this movie is a classic period i don't yes. care who you are it's a classic uh i know that's like <laughs> argued i don't know why it is because it shouldn't be it's a classic um oh i have a question do you think this movie is a halloween movie or a christmas movie <laughs> oh man that that is the question uh i you know i think it's more of a christmas movie honestly really it's a great film but i i see it as more of a christmas movie yeah Really? I see it as a Halloween movie, but I can see why you would think that because uh, the the film is like set to be like around and on Christmas. So I totally get that. But I think the movie is a, like much more creepy than it is Christmassy. It is creepy. You know, I'll say this. It's a Thanksgiving movie. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Between Halloween and Christmas. That's when you watch it. I think it's both for sure. I think you can get yeah. away with watching it on Halloween and Christmas, but mm -hmm. I, when I think of it, I, I definitely think of it as a Halloween movie, but I can totally see why you would think of it as a Christmas movie too, because it is yeah. set like the, the actual plot is like supposedly like around Christmas. So it makes mm -hmm. sense, but I just kind of, I don't know. I like it as a Halloween movie too because Jack Skellington yeah. is awesome. Sally's awesome. The mm -hmm. little like the little kids with the masks are awesome. The uh, like the boogeyman, he is awesome. I just the characters <laughs> are great. They're all super creepy, uh, mm -hmm. and I just think I just think it's awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Burton began writing it in, in 1982, like I said, pretty much right after Vincent came out. And then, you know, after he was compl he completed it, he uh, was kind of wanting for it to be a short film. And then Disney was like, oh, we'll take it. And then, like, it kind of got put off. But then Selick and his team of animators um, decided, like, you know, what, let's, like, make this happen because they did want to make it into a, a film and it ended up being a feature length film uh, instead of a short film. And it was awesome. So yeah. uh, Selick had a team of animators. There was over 120 animators and ah! they, oh my gosh. yeah, I know that's a lot of animators. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, good for them. Get work. At least I would love yeah. to do something like that. I wish, uh, oh, me too. I really wish that uh, stop motion films were more prevalent. I wish that too. The only thing I can think of is, I think of Leica, and then I think of Wes Anderson. Um, but yeah, they're like I guess Wes Anderson isn't doing stop motion animation anymore. But yeah, Leica is like the only uh, company I guess that's putting out any stop motion. Nobody does it anymore, and it makes me sad. <laughs> I know. I just and that's a. I'll, I'll talk about that later. I have a whole section brought up about that <laughs> um, later in the okay. episode. But um, yeah, it, they're they're not. As, as prevalent and it makes me sad but um mm -hmm. yeah because that's what i want to do like I, w I would love to be like a stop motion animator but but you know whatever whatever never mind <laughs> okay anyways 120 animators good for them uh yes. and they also 
had 20 different sound stages for filming. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Animation is no joke, especially stop motion. It's like a lot of work, especially when you're dealing with like real objects, like in the, the, the realm of the universe that like you, you have to like manipulate that just like, I totally get that taking up so many people and like, so much space and so many different sound stages and things. Mm-hmm. So in total, there were uh, 109,440 frames taken for the film. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, a lot. There's a lot of That's work. Insane. I know. That's like, ah. <laughs> And I think people don't think about enough when they're watching it. Like somebody had to go in and every like every split teensy fraction of a second was somebody going in, moving the arm a little bit, (laughs) taking a picture, moving the arm a little bit again. Oh, we got to swap out Jack Skellington's head because he's going to make a frowny face. So we got to swap his head out (laughs) for a different head. Like people don't think about like how long, how much work. But yeah, so that's a lot. That's the magic of animation though, is that you can't, you don't see it when you're watching. It just all comes together so well that you, that's the magic of animation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is like one of the closest things we have to magic. Mm-hmm. It's Agreed. really amazing. Yes. Another reason we love it here on ArtWise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the artist created 227 puppets to represent the characters um the main Ooh. character yeah i know god that sounds like so much work but i totally, <laughs> it makes sense you know especially yeah. when you have 20 different sound stages and like you know upwards of like 120 animators working on it you gotta have a bunch of uh a bunch of puppets made uh to represent mm-hmm. the characters um the main character jack skellington actually had 400 heads oh uh, my gosh a- yeah so that allowed for a broad range of expressions and like, you know, for him to make it seem like he was actually speaking. Um, mm-hmm. Sally uh, did not have different heads because she had her hair, her long red hair. Um, uh. Yeah, so they would just swap her face out, not her whole head, because <laughs> they nice. didn't want to like mess with her hair. But uh, Jack Skellington did have um, 400, about 400 different heads to allow for different expressions and i can't imagine that mm-hmm. sally had um any less than him she just had different faces instead of different heads mm-hmm. but That's, yeah yeah oh, i'm speechless <laughs> yeah so that is just a little bit about uh how the nightmare before christmas was made and animated so uh let's move on to the corpse bride 2005 Ooh. Uh, so again, this is also one of my favorites, and I also consider this to be a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I just picked my favorite movies, but this is like one <laughs> of my favorite. Um, I don't believe that this is this is another movie that wasn't really set to be like a Halloween movie, but it just kind of like came out that way because it's creepy, <laughs> and, yeah. and like you know, obviously it's about you know a dead bride like rising from the grave and like taking her you know husband it's Mm -hmm. it's definitely eerie and 
a little interesting that it was targeted towards kids but regardless i love this movie <laughs> growing up uh it's probably yeah. the reason why i like you know all the true crime and all the creepy stuff now but yeah mm -hmm. um so this film was directed produced and created by tim burton um and it was Ooh. also co-directed co by mike johnson okay and it was distributed by Warner Brothers, so this one was not distributed by Disney. I don't think any of the ones that I mentioned after this point uh, were created by Disney. I'm pretty sure it was just Vincent and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I but think this Frank one... and Weenie is Disney too. Oh yeah, I don't. I didn't do a section on that one though. I picked four oh, of my good. favorites. So yeah, yeah. Okay. but um, Corpse Bride was just uh, distributed by Warner Brothers. Um, and the film actually started with 12 animators, so a, oh, a wow. significant, yeah, a significant drop in animators from The Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, but this tripled over the duration of filming because they were like, crap, we didn't hire enough animators, <laughs> so <laughs> there ended up being like upwards of like 30 to 40, um, Dang. and, uh, another question uh, if you had to guess, uh, so you've seen uh, The Corpse Bride, right? Yeah. So if you had to guess, uh, how big do you think the puppets were during filming? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe like a foot tall. I don't know. <laughs> wow, you're really close. I don't know why, but in my head, I always think that they're really small, but they're really not that small. So in The Corpse Bride, um, the puppets were actually 17 inches tall. Oh, wow. That's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, it's bigger than I thought for sure. And um, the uh, they were animated on these sets, and all the sets were actually four feet off the ground. Um, and like there were like little trapdoors, among other things, um, in the floor of the set, so that the animators could manipulate the the puppets from both the bottom of the sets, like underneath it. And oh. um, just so that they didn't have to, like, get on the floor or, like, bend down or anything like that. Yeah. So they were actually, like, hovering in the air, kind of, uh, four feet above the ground so that it was easier for them to, you know, like, manipulate and animate uh, in a more, like, timely manner. Uh, so Dang, they were, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, so those were four feet off the ground. Um, and the main character's heads were actually, like, modeled to be the size of golf balls. Oh, that's that's super weird. <laughs> yeah, and inside the heads, uh, for this movie specifically, uh, they contained gears and keys and, like, different things so that the animators Ooh. could manipulate their faces so that they didn't oh. have to have as many, like, uh, like how we talked about in The Nightmare Before Christmas, how, mm -hmm. like, jack skellington had 400 heads yeah <laughs> uh they kind of avoided doing that probably like nearly as much by having these gears and keys in the faces so that they were able to manipulate the faces without having to swap heads completely um That's which is really, really cool. i had no, yeah. no idea that they could even do that i i don't even i can't even picture it in my head still i read it like six times i'm like how did they okay must be something <laughs> i don't know about uh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so weird i that's kind of similar to almost 3d animation where you're molding and sculpting the face and changing it i guess i don't know yeah yeah i mean 
it's definitely smart that they did it that way i can imagine like how difficult it would be to swap out the heads every time you know they move their face which is probably like every single time Mm -hmm. uh and like i i can't even imagine how difficult it would be to like sync up the i don't know this is coming from someone who's never taken an animation class ever so I don't really know like what they teach you, but I just can imagine that it would be pretty difficult to um, sync up like an object's face with, you know, the actual track of the actor speaking. Oh, yeah. I yeah, I've only I've taken a couple animation classes, but I've never really animated to someone speaking. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on if it's a script-driven or a board-driven thing. Usually if it's script-driven, um, they'll they'll do the voices first and then they'll animate over the voices. If it's board-driven, then they'll animate it first and then just have the voice actors come in afterwards. But I think, oh, wow. yeah, it, it really depends on, like, what type of... I imagine with stop-motion, it's probably boarded first and then... Or, I don't know. I think it depends. I have no clue. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there were actually 25 to 35 stages, sound stages, um, and they each had their own Canon digital camera. Um, Dang! <laughs> yeah. And uh, there were over 300 puppets for the 30 characters in the movie, uh, 14 models of Emily, uh, which is the corpse bride, and 12 models of Victor. Um, and the uh notably the most difficult thing to animate especially via stop motion was emily's veil really that's interesting yeah i mean i can see that wedding dress veils are really long and i can see how it'd be really difficult to keep it in the same spot while you're trying to animate other things or to move it in a way that like looks natural for someone to be wearing a super long veil it would almost Mm -hmm. be kind of like having like just like super long hair that trails behind your feet so i can imagine that would be difficult flowing fabric is yeah that flowing fabric must be difficult to create if you're just doing one picture at a time you know (laughs) yeah definitely i can totally see how that would be difficult Mm -hmm. um yeah so the corpse bride was the first stop motion movie to be shot digitally Um, So previous movies like The Nightmare Before Christmas were actually shot on film. Um, But, you know, the Corpse Bride went for using digital cameras and they essentially, again, once again, broke a mold and kind of Mm -hmm. um, made it so that uh, there was like faster, more efficient ways of doing things like that. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah that that they shot it digitally I mean I would have thought that it would have happened sooner to be completely honest with you this movie was released in 2005 but I totally get wanting to use film especially like if you you know are filming a movie and you're probably used to like the best way of doing things like obviously if you're going out of your way to stop motion animate I can totally see why (laughs) for sure All right, so next up, we got Coraline, 2009. Yes. Yes. I love love this movie so much. I love the book, too. Neil Gaiman wrote Coraline. Excellent story. I just, I love everything about this movie. (laughs) Yes, it's so good. I watched it way too young, but that's that's okay. (laughs) Well, I watched it when it came out when I was nine, and it never bothered me. Um, I mean, the scene with the... uh, 
you know what scene I'm talking about. The, the scene yeah. with the, uh, what, were those her neighbors? When they were like kind of pretty much basically naked. That was a little traumatizing <laughs> yeah. when I was, because when, when this movie That's came out. That's what traumatized you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, no, no, not, not traumatized, but it was definitely like, <laughs> oh. These My elder- young eyes. These elderly women are wearing nipple tassels, and <laughs> I don't know what a nipple tassel is, but I want one. And now my mom is like, "Please don't watch this ever again." Um, but yeah, I remember watching it like in theaters with my mom, and my mom the whole time being like, "Is this for kids?" Like, what's this? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is another uh, Henry Selleck film, um, and it it was based on the book by Neil Gaiman. Um, Coraline and they both kind of agreed that they would be interested in doing a film adaptation and mm-hmm. um, Gailman was a fan of The Nightmare Before Christmas and so obviously he was like had confidence that Selleck could uh, you know produce something that would yeah. capture the essence of his book so um, they decided to make Coraline yes oh my gosh so, so yeah so Coraline um like you mentioned before uh earlier in the episode it was produced in um a where a studio warehouse um a Leica studio is that how it's pronounced yeah yeah you got it yeah so it was produced um in Leica studio in uh Hillsborough Oregon 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 um, and inside of it, there were over 150 sets. Um, there were 30 animators at a time. Uh, so I can only imagine that there were more. Um, but it was like 30 animators at once were allowed to be in this warehouse. Um, okay. And each of them would produce 90 to 100 seconds of animation per week. So imagine oh. like you work nonstop for an entire week and you have 90 seconds of animation to show for it. <laughs> man <laughs> the patience is crazy with animators crazy i know i want to do it but i just i honestly don't know if i have the patience i feel like i do <laughs> i feel like i'm pretty patient um especially a lot of my illustrations are very detailed but sometimes mm. like when i am illustrating something that's very detailed i do get very much like okay it's done i know it's not done but it's done. <laughs> like i'm over it. i need to be done with this now <laughs> Yeah, I know. I have pieces I've been working on for, like, years that just never got finished because it's so detailed that I gave up, like, at, like, 90% where it's, like, almost done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I feel that. So many work in progresses. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, for Coraline, the crew actually used 3D printers for the objects in this film. Oh, that's um, really cool. Yeah, this was the first film, uh, especially stop motion, but this was the first film ever that pretty much everything in the film uh, was made using a 3D printer. That I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. I guess that was the time when like the 3D printers were kind of coming to I, people. I, <laughs> I remember hearing about it at the time. It's definitely like smart, and I would definitely think yeah. it'd be faster than hand making every single thing out of like clay or you know of, of another medium. I think that it would it's definitely smart and would be a fast way to go. But yeah, yeah. 
everything um, for Coraline was made using a 3D printer from their facial expressions to doorknobs to little set pieces. Everything was used or created using a 3D printer. And the puppets had different parts of their um, face or the, of their head. So like essentially um, when they would change facial expressions, they would have a bunch of different top halves of their head. So like their eyes and nose. Oh. And then they'd have a bunch of different bottom halves of their head. So like their <laughs> mouth when they were animating. And the the they did this so that the puppet could have like a vast um range of, of facial expressions. So yeah. It, it, yeah. Um it was actually said that um each individual character could have over two hundred and eight thousand facial expressions. Oh my of god. The, yeah, just because of the way that they did it, which again is another really smart move that I don't think I would have thought of. Um yeah. just by like separating the eyes and nose from the mouth, like separating the top from the bottom of the face. Uh it's just a really smart move that I don't think I would have think thought of. Yeah. I that's I <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool though. Yeah, it's very interesting for sure. Um but yeah, some effects uh, in the movie, such as the flames, um, were actually done using traditional animation, um, but oh. they they were painted digitally. So not everything was stop motion. A lot of the effects were computer generated, which I didn't know because they did such a good job of making it look like it was yeah. all stop motion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they did a really good job. Um, and the they fog did. as well. They The fog um, was done using dry ice. I have no oh, idea. That's so cool. Yeah, I I have no clue how they did that in stop motion. Like how you would manipulate. I don't know. I, they probably <laughs> some somebody did it and it looked fine in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that is amazing. I yeah. I I love this movie. I honestly don't know much about how it was made, but I just I love all of the vibes. I love the colors and I love the style of the people. I love everything about it. Yeah. Um, and the um, Coraline puppets were actually nine and three-fourths inches tall. So they were smaller than oh. the ones used in The Corpse Bride. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, that about... Yeah. That's about, like, what I imagined um, the, the Corpse Bride ones to be. I was kind of shocked when I found out they were 17 inches. I feel like that's so much bigger than I would have thought, but... Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's that, super ju- tall. Yeah, just a comparison, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one it that I did like some specific research on is Paranorman from 2012. Yes, love that movie. Yeah, I remember also love the that- style of it. Super good. Yes, I remember when that came out. I was so excited. I remember I saw it with one of my neighbors and. Yeah, it it's really well mm-hmm. done. The, the plot is good too. Yeah, um, but yeah, this film was actually the first film to use full color three D pr- printers for oh. animation. So I'm assuming Coraline they three D printed everything, but they probably had to paint it themselves. Um, yeah, but sense. this, yeah, but this film uh, used full color three D printers 
Um, and it was filmed in the same studio warehouse as Coraline, uh, like a studio in uh, Hillsborough, Oregon. And 300 people worked on the 52 sets um, and worked on 52 different sets uh, for the duration of the two years that it took to produce the movie. Dang. But yeah, I can only imagine that um, it was very similar to the way that Coraline was produced since it was produced by the same studio. So I would think that it would be um, fairly similar. Uh, but again, mm-hmm. this this movie is really great and I just really liked it. So I wanted to include it, um, even though I couldn't find uh, nearly as much as um, for the production of the other movies. But yeah, it's crazy that 300 people... Um, they hired 300 animators to work on this, but I can totally see why, because yeah. stop motion animation, again, is so time consuming. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think it's, I bet it's worth it to all those people working on the film just to see the finished product and just be proud and see how beautiful it is. And I think that's Oh, really cool. yeah. I <laughs> would love that. See, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think about like what I want to do and like what I want to be as an artist and in my head I just kind of want to do everything me too (laughs) like I don't know I feel like it's why I keep changing like my my major around I you know I started with graphic design and now I'm like do I really want to do graphic design because I kind of want to hit everything (laughs) so yeah I want to do something more diverse but Mm -hmm. yeah stop motion is definitely something that I would love to work on in the future um but yeah so for like a final thoughts i just want to say stop motion is not utilized enough especially now the most recent creepy stop motion movie that i could find was like paranorman and frankenweenie from 2012 which means the last time that we saw like a big feature length creepy stop motion animation movie was almost eight years ago and too long it makes me mad because I think people. it looks so good. And even though it's so much work, I think it's like, it's worth it. Like we got to mm-hmm. do more stop motion animation. It is yes. so good. I love it. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm begging you. <laughs> um, I, and yeah, I know we talked about this earlier, but yeah. Do you agree? <laughs> we need to do more yes. stop motion. Yes. I agree. We- the artists are screaming right now. <laughs> Give us more stop motion animation films. I will end my life and it will be your fault. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally agree wholeheartedly. We need more stop motion animation. It's one of my favorite medias, one of my favorite mediums. So great, amazing, beautiful. Love it. <laughs> Yeah, the vibes are immaculate in yes. stop motion animation. I just think it's <laughs> it's superior to computer animation. And I mean, there are definitely situations where like, you know what, it makes a lot more sense to do computer animation if your budget is low or whatever. But these mm-hmm. are the classics. These are what I think, in my opinion, are the best uh, scary, not scary, creepy Halloweeny movies of all time. They're the most entertaining for me to watch, and I think we need to keep doing it. And they're not around enough, 
Uh, but even though they're a lot of work, I love them. I think we need to keep doing them. I think there's a lot of other artists that will agree with me. I will literally like, mm -hmm. you can pay me whatever you want. If I get to make something <laughs> like that, like you can pay me like $2 an hour. You can pay me <laughs> 60 cents an hour. Like I will do it. I, I will take a leaf of absence from my job where I actually make a living and I will go and I will make 10 cents an hour to <laughs> for two years to produce a stop motion film if that's what it takes. I don't care. Like we need Let's more do of it, them. Kate. Yeah. You and me, we'll start we'll start our art wise stop motion animation company and we'll make yes. the most beautiful films. You yeah, and we'll <laughs> we'll make a distributor, we'll just make our own stop motion films. I would love to do that. Yeah. They're That'd just be so cool. It's just a lost art. Like it sucks that there haven't been more recent movies to come out with with uh, utilizing stop motion animation. I just think it's great. Um, I agree. Very sad that there aren't there aren't more of them. Yeah, I miss it for sure. And I hope that in the near future, since it's been so long, that we'll definitely you know have more. Hopefully. I wasn't yeah. expecting to have to wait this long, but I totally, I mean, they take forever to make, so I, I get it, but yeah. yeah. Hopefully those kids that grew up watching, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline will grow up and they'll make stop motion animation. Oh, oh that's me. <laughs> I, I, I do that. Um, yeah, I would love to do that. I think it'd be awesome. I just think they need yeah. to exist more, but yeah. I think that's a good place to wrap it up. We're we're a little, you know, over an hour over <laughs> here. Um, so yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Sounds good. <laughs> so I forgot everything I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> Give us five stars. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Guys, if you made it this far and you're enjoying the podcast and you've been listening uh, and you've been listening on Apple Podcasts, which uh, according to our analytics is a quarter of you are listening on Apple Podcasts, why have you not left a review? <laughs> what are you doing? If, you, if you made it this far, leave a review. If you haven't made it this far or if you've made it this far and you thought that you hated it the entire time, then don't just don't leave a review. But if you liked it, uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and if you have any artist friends who you think would enjoy the show um, while they're working on stuff to get the creative juices flowing, uh, please, please, please tell them about it. Um, tell them about the show. Uh, and if you yeah. have an idea for an episode that you would really like to hear about that's art-related, or if you want to be on the show as a guest, please feel free come to hang either... out with us. Yeah, come hang cool. out with us. Uh, <laughs> the best way to probably contact us is to send us a DM on Instagram. Our Instagram mm -hmm. is at Artwise Podcast. And uh, you can also, through the link in our bio um, on Anchor, you can send us a message and we can respond to it on the show. Like you can send us a voice message. And I think that would be super cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, if anyone's interested in doing that, that would be really cool. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps it up. Uh, I'm glad yeah. we got to talk about some stop motion stuff because stop motion is like my childhood and I love it so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think that wraps it up. You have anything else to add? Uh, thank you guys for listening too. We just hit 400 plays, so oh, thank yeah. you for listening also. <laughs> 400 plays. Woohoo! 
Yeah. Yeah. So we're getting up there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And they're only going up every day. Every time I check my analytics, they're going up. So keep spreading the word. Um, yeah. We have the best art podcasts in existence. It's a, <laughs> it's a damn shame that more people don't know about it. So you, you should really spread it around. But yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys on Wednesday for our episode. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye.